Yo, Douglas Jessup, social justice advocate. Um, man, I'm going to be honest, since the last uh, podcast, I don't know what I talked about, but I guess I, I can kind of catch up with everything that's been going on in my life. Um, so I'm one of the curated leaders inside California when it comes to policy advocacy and just policy, well, policy advocacy. I was one of the curated leaders. Um, what that means in in a nutshell, it means that um, I have a voice that is pertinent, important, and fruitful in California and essentially nationwide because I'm also programming or have been programming with MIT, which is, I mean, it's, it's the highest Ivy League school. Um, and I've been programming in that capacity for the same thing as far as social justice work goes. But as far as like my career it goes, like, you know, I've been told quite many times that people are like, yo, you know what, you should take this on as a career. But the, the back end of it, of that, is a lot of people don't understand the social justice realm is a very, very ugly place. It's, um, it's, it's conniving and cutthroat. It doesn't even, doesn't give it justice. It's just very two-faced and backstabbing, you know. Granted, where I'm at now, as far as, like, the, the organizations I program with now, I'm very blessed because these are in organizations that have literally stepped up in my situation in varying ways and have fought for me versus the other where they're trying to just sell me down the or kind of use me as a pawn piece because I have such a powerful voice so then they could kind of you know create upward mobility within the within their the spectrum of of policies and lobbying for those who don't know what lobbying actually is, what lobbying really is, is it's um, it's uh, it's pretty much what moves the money. It, it's it's the money of, of where money goes to in the community. So, uh, reason why there's a lot of different reasons why my voice is, has become so powerful that as it has. If you don't understand why is this guy saying it's so powerful, it's, I've I've been a part of major, <laughs> major and massive movements uh, that has literally I don't mean I don't mean figuratively I mean like it literally has changed the the criminal system. Um, but the reason why for that for me is simply because I've been through a lot of I've been through a lot, I've I've had to recover with little to no help. Um, for a vast majority of my life, it seems like that you know that's starting to, to take a turn, um, and it, it it just seems like that's a little bit different now, where I can actually, you know, I'm starting to be recognized more and more. I I wouldn't say be recognized because I've been recognized, like that that's never been a problem of mine. Like it's always I've been recognized as soon as I started filing my case, and I mean it went to California Supreme Court. A rare occurrence is when a case is written, handwritten by a person that doesn't or that only has a GED at the time, only has a GED, um, relatively has no school record because I was always out of school. I was always getting in trouble. Um, when the case is like closed, nailed shut and all of that. And here I am, just wrecking house and destroying it. Like, 
everything, you know, and then taking on all the biggest names you could think of that was coming to me, like the sergeant, the lieutenants, all of that by myself. That's not a, that you don't see, that's, that's like stuff movies are made for, you know, and, um, I wasn't doing it for that. I was simply doing it for, because it's like, why the hell am I here? You know, um, then when you learn more about my story, like who is Douglas Jessup? Like you'll see that it's, I mean, if there's an epitome of what the gutter is, what it's like to be raised in the hoods and stuff it's it's highlighted in my life to the t there's not one extreme that happens in the gutters that i haven't physically been through there just isn't there's not one there's literally not one thing um and 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 i and i I could i could almost say that firsthand meaning that i've experienced a lot of this firsthand but all together um there really isn't there truly just isn't and but on the flip side there's a lot of things i've been that happens in the gutters that other people haven't haven't experienced so what does that do that gives me a very unique fresh and in-depth understanding of what it's like and then the flip side of that also is the fact that i didn't go the normal route i didn't fall towards these fake american dreams like and what I mean by these fake American dreams, because for the longest, the American dream that was sold to those of us in poverty has been you have to sell drugs to get out of here. You have to um, end up in prison or go do go pull off, do some big time hit, hit so you can come up. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, your whole all your problems will be solved when the when the lottery because everybody fucking gambles in the gutter. Um, you know, you know, or become a pimp. So it's like those are the, you know, I didn't take any of those routes, you know, like when I was younger, like, you know, when I was younger, like it just, it was, it was simply like, I grew up quick, life hit me fast, um, and I had to learn to adjust and, and the, and the silver lining and the, there's a lot of little different things that made a major difference in my life. One of the biggest ones for me was I started going to counseling when I was 14. So it was when I was 14 years old, I actually started going to counseling and, uh, you know, I think, well, I don't think I know that was a God shot and it wasn't because my parents put me in, in counseling. They, my parents weren't even around to care like that, man. Um, that's just not the reality. I know that, you know, people like to paint a different picture so they can have something to hold on to, but I've never been the type of person where it's just like, um, I'd rather hold on to something fake. Nah, don't sell me a dream. Give me the truth. I can deal with that. You know, I've always been that type of person. Not everybody can has that have, has given themselves the, the the space of time or had have had enough courage to see that they can deal that they can look at life in this with the same type of veracity and um, and not be affected and just simply not be affected by those circumstances are not necessarily not be affected because you're going to be affected by your circumstances but not let it change them in a negative way inwardly so um yeah so within these different spaces man that i've, I've been in to kind of catch back up I've, I've received a lot of different um certificates from senators which was awesome um council members there's been a lot of different things that I've, I've actually received that are that give me a lot of reason to be proud, you know. Um, 
I'm part of like really cool organizations. I'm, you know, I've, I've been blessed with where I'm working at, and and not just blessed with where I'm working at. I'm like, it's just it, it's it's for real. Like, a, it's just it's more than it just feels like more than a blessing. I don't know. How to just explain that. I guess like an anointing would be the closest I can get to trying to explain that. But, um, you know, I'm a, anyway. So that's kind of catching up. Uh. uh so I, I I program with MIT, but I also go to school. Uh, I guess the latest turn of events in my situation is that I still deal, but I've gone a lot. Me personally, I've gone more heavily in this direction also, which is to hold the sheriff accountable. And and the reason why I've taken that I've taken that kind of mantle upon myself is for one, my entire case comes from the sheriffs, so it's like these snaky and, and shady and dirty ways that sheriffs go and kind of just enslave the people of the communities. Um, I'm not talking about people that are willingly um, going out there acting a fool, but even so, when you break it all the way down, they are also just simply brainwashed. But um, but I'm talking about the, the way that things are structured so policies don't work in our favor. And then you just have people getting killed. Like, you know, right now that I think that I, can, I don't want to. There's a Spanish kid, a Mexican kid, 18 years old, that was killed, in, that was killed um, by the sheriff's department. And the sheriff, they killed him. It was, it, they were, they, the investigation is leading more towards the fact that it was an execution. You know, and when we look deeper into it, we can go into the police department as well. We we're talking about, um, and this actually sparked. This is crazy. This actually sparked a whole nother kind of lash out with me on social media. And I'll speak about that also. But um, there's a whole nother article that was talking about Nipsey Hussle and how Nipsey Hussle was targeted by the by the police department, which is, I mean, anybody that's involved in social justice realm or anybody that's really in the, in the streets, they may not speak about it, but everybody's aware. You know, like earlier today on social media, this one person like um very voluntarily and very in in a very volatile way and vehement way kind of you know attacked me because i was uh speaking on rumors so essentially it, it was a post that that speaks and it says that beware of rumors because rumors will have you attacking the innocent person and believing the hypocrite so the reason why i posted that and i posted a another post right after that which was the Nipsey Hustle one was because that's how dirty cops get people killed is rumors that's that's literally the basis of their foundation if people didn't listen to rumors you would not find nearly as much uh people getting killed um innocent people being framed and so forth it wouldn't ne- happen nearly as much that's like their bread and butter um so I was speaking on that And then this particular individual Kind of rose up and was like Yo, you need to stop speaking like this You know, you're negative You think you're a role model You need to be more positive You know, and that kind of comes with the territory You know, and, and this was a, a person at the time I considered, you know Well, I, I had a lot of respect for this And I, I wouldn't say a lot of respect But it, it wasn't like, you know I, I, To be fair, I don't naturally just look at an individual and then I'm like, oh, this person is crap. That's just not my get down. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a predisposition of negativity towards people. I just, it's just a very neutral way that I look at things and look at life. 
that was a skill that I learned through counseling and emotional regulation because you have to have that as a foundation to accurately assess and and heal through your trauma so and I had a lot of trauma as a as a kid so this individual though kind of went all out and I was just like wait wait hold up so I went from there into a private message and I try to you know try to bring it back to earth in the private message but this person just kept on going at it and just kept on going at it and calling me all kind of all kind of everything you know just just going at it and I'm just like man you know and, and it caught me off guard but the thing that I was I was bringing up and it was it was a female and but the thing that I was bringing up in this situation was the fact that I was like this is how easy it is for those of us that are social justice advocates to get thrown inside of a trap and the next thing you know fingers are off when pointed people when it comes down to informants and the reason why I, I talk about these different things is to raise awareness to anybody that's in the hoods that's the point and then people outside of the hoods they can understand that this is a reality we deal with on a day-to-day basis i may not to, to some people I'll say this to some people I may not look like I actually come from the hoods but I'm it doesn't change that doesn't change my reality I was getting locked up in seventh grade that doesn't change my reality you know what I mean like one of the earliest poems I wrote was the fact I wrote that the ghetto is the state of mind as much as it is the environment and why I was talking about that is because even though we moved from Compton and the reason why we moved from Compton to Long Beach when I was a kid our major component of that was for the church is one one reason but it was because my niece just died in a very gruesome way so that we're we're being moved out of Compton because of that to kind of step away and give us a chance at life that type of thing and the greatest thing that came from that move for me personally was the fact that I went to counseling because if I was out here I for sure would have I for sure would be dead hands down Hands down, as, as as smart as I am, as wise as I am, as as vocal as I am, absolutely, that would have that would have happened a long time. Like I would have, you know. But why is that such a threat, though? Why is it when a person is of color, they come from poverty, and they want to do the right things? Why is that seen as such a threat? That in itself is the problem. That's the problem because it's like, wait, how come you can be smart but I can't? Oh, you get to say the smart things, but I have to sit back and say nothing? Granted, within the reality of being in the hoods, there is a natural kind of pushback. And, and we end up in these type of positions of, of pettiness and competitiveness. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. Because that's kind of like dynamics and family stuff that we have to kind of work through. And a lot of those dynamics are forced onto us, especially with the capitalistic world that we have created within, the, within America that is extremely unfair and very cruel but that's a whole nother topic but uh the parts i'm talking about is the actual system itself the actual system itself is structured to keep people in classes like it keeps them in classes that you're the you're the worker bees you're the you're the you're the, you're the peons you're the work classes etc 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 and and as long as you're in a class then i can control you and if i can control you um I get what I want. It's a it's a really prehistorical um, way of of living and implementing and so forth um, of control. It's kind of the reason why because prisons weren't always segregated. You can actually go to very many prisons in different states outside of California. It's, it's pretty much outside of pipeline states, and people won't be um, 
there's no segregation. You're not segregated by race. You kick it with whoever you want, right? But in in the pipeline states, it's segregated because it's a business, and it's so they can control their their cattle essentially. And it's like, okay, well, if you get online, we can keep them in check here, keep them in check here. You know, the people that are incarcerated know this very well. It's like it's very people just simply know what it is, you know. Um, but after experiencing as much as I experienced and seeing how destructive it is. And seeing that, oh, this is why mass incarceration is existing. I knew in my heart of hearts, and even not in my heart of hearts, and just in my heart, that that was a, a major component of why I was there. When I say cosmic effects, or if I speak of it cosmically, or universally, or through the Lord put me there, that would be a big reason. And it absolutely, undoubtedly was. So, for me, it was just, it was just kind of a no-brainer for me you know so so when i talk about this with the whole social justice realm and i was speaking about this earlier when a dude asked me how come i don't do it professionally and i was like well because a lot of people don't understand that it's because on the back end of it i have a lot of people in the social justice realm that are that that wants to be like i'm the king i'm the champion you know and so then in their mind they think that that means nobody else can have a story that shines more than theirs and because they shine more than theirs, that means that person is the is the problem. So it's like the institutionalized mentality has implemented itself within the social justice realm. It's it's simply transitioned into it. That's I mean, <laughs> granted, there's a lot of spaces of where you that can be cultivated and turned into a more inclusive space because that defeats the whole purpose of having a social justice movement. It's like yo, if we have if we're talking about social justice, right? You can't be going after one another. You're defeating the purpose. All that, all that, all that takes somebody that is signing these grants or sending the funds over and and allotting, giving you money and stuff. The only thing it takes for them is to look right over one second, like half of a second, and perceive that something is amiss or something is disruptive, and then your money's gone. That's how fragile it is for those of us that come from the hood. So it's like, um, can we change that? Obviously. We can absolutely change that. Why or how can we change that? By not listening to the fucking... By just being real with one another. Simple as that. You know, so... Man. Um, I think, you know, with me, like... What has helped me get through as much as I've gone through is simply a true awareness of what has what is truly happening. Right? Like, for instance... Like, one of the things that with me is that, you know, to, to cover up the fact that I'm telling the truth, they have to cover up and negate it by saying, oh, well, he's crazy. In a regular argument, for whatever reason in society, it works. It works really well, actually. When somebody just is talking about et cetera, et cetera, and a person goes, oh, well, that person's crazy. Next thing you know, this person is injecting all of their, their projections or all of their pent-up aggression and anger into that, that saying or into that thing that presented itself at the very moment and now this person is a walking you know pariah of all of their you know repressed anger and even though it's not true they just you know that person was that person's crazy and they kind of just live it out and you know that's why that pitchfork mentality is such a real thing it's like back in the day they used to have you know the or trump uses it actually has used it and 
to be absolutely honest, first time I ever heard him say that was after I wrote that, wrote, wrote that in my case, and I was talking about the witch trial, the witch, witch trials. Um, and it was after I said that, and I wrote it and I sent it to Supreme Court. Um, maybe two, three days later after that, uh, two, three, two, three, about a week, maybe about a week after that, like I heard, like Trump was using the witch hunt thing, right? And the reason why I was bringing that up was because I was actually going to, I personally was going to refer to older cases. Um, that was kind of my setup for it. So I was just, I was using that. Uh, so then when they rebuttal, then I can dig back into that, but then kind of, anyways, I won't go into the more into that, but there, but I actually, actually was talking about the witch trials. I was saying I was being attacked. Um, and they hunted me down like like a witch trial or they attached it actual paper as like they attached it like a like a witch trial and um treated me as like some tmz what did i say witch trial and they treated me as some tmz headline is what i was saying and i was just but i was i was there's a reason why i was saying all what i was saying i was specifically saying those things But so uh and then I went to California Supreme Court. That's not again, can't emphasize enough how big of a deal that is. Because it went on bank. That's a huge that's a gigantic deal. It's such a gi it's such a big deal that like when uh I can't really call him my mentor because he didn't mentor me, but he definitely was a friend and is somebody I considered a friend throughout my entire time I was in prison. Was um well, he was a Black Panther. So, like... But he was the one that... When I first got it, I ran up to him. You know, and uh, me and him kind of looked at it. And I go, what the hell is that, man? You know, I looked at it. He said, that on bank? He goes, that means it went... He said, that means that it went in front of everybody. All the judges are looking at your case. And then I was like, well, what does it mean? Because it, it had a denial on it. And he goes, go well, look up that case. So I looked up the case. And that case that had the denial on it... It meant that I had to rewrite it. So I was just like, oh, shit. Okay. And also, I went in there and I was like, so all I have to do is rewrite this. Cool. At that point, I go, well, then it's a wrap. Because I'm like, okay, if all the judges are looking at my case, that's a big fucking deal. And he let me know that that was a big deal. He's like, bro, that doesn't happen, man. That just simply doesn't happen. And he looked at me. He goes, he goes, file this again. He was, what did he say? Follow this again, and more than likely, you're going to end up having the feds coming in here, taking you out, and then releasing you. He's like, because that simply doesn't happen. That means you have a lot of merit. And I go, well, I'm in here unlawfully. And then this guy ended up telling me, he was like, well, that happens to a lot of people. Just a lot of people aren't able to prove it, and you obviously can prove it. So with saying that, um, you know, that was it. But I, so at the same time, for people that aren't aware of how that portion of it works. So when you first are incarcerated unlawfully, you have options, you have different options. And the first option is to, to, to petition for an appeal. You have to write to the court that just like that, just, um, sentenced you. And you got to ask them for permission to, to appeal the, the, the sentence. So in my case, I did that initially, um, but I did more than that. I didn't just stop there. People that were incarcerated with me were saying the same. Sh they were like, dude, 
I don't know why it was like they they fucked they fucked with the wrong person. Like they would say that to me because they were like, I haven't seen anybody being this active and going against the the court system like you're doing. And like um, the reason why is because every day from sun up to sundown, I was up. I was up. I was studying. I was reading books. I was just you know I was doing everything I possibly could so I could understand and get a grasp of my situation legally so then I could challenge it. So, um, but amongst that, I wrote everybody. I was writing everybody, and that's when I started noticing the guards. Like, I was naive at this at this time because I thought, like, you know, I, I still thought, oh, well, it's just a mistake. They're just going to let me go, you know. Granted, this is after, you know, they they took me out of jail. They kind of transfer you, and they put you in. They, you go in your jumpsuit, and then you go on the bus and are we you know you catch the chain is what it's called and i actually went through the grapevine because i went to wasco and then as i'm traveling and then you get off the uh, you get off the prison bus and they strip you butt naked like right when you get off dude and you're walking butt naked all of you guys and freaking um they throw you and you they throw your your roll at you you get it you go sit in the fucking cell and everybody's getting dressed real quick and you sit there for fucking hours to get processed and then I remember the first time I walked into prison, I was tripping, man. I was like, holy fuck. Like, I seen the high fucking wire fences, the whole thing. So, like, after that, you know, I was still naive. Like, oh, well, they're, they're, they're just still, they're going to, it's just a mistake. They're just going to help me out as soon as I get past this, you know. And now nah, that's when I started noticing the guards were part of it. And the guards would pull me out with other people, you know, and they would talk shit to me. And kind of to get me stirred up so I could, so I could like fucking respond back and then they could beat me up and then fucking incarcerate me and then create this whole profile of he's a troubled, he's a troubled inmate, you know. So whenever anybody says that they're an inmate and an inmate or a prisoner, uh, uh, somebody from the hoods, anything are saying and it comes out of their mouth that this guard is really messing with me, 10 times out of 10, or I'll say just to be fair, 9.8 times out of 10 they're telling the fucking truth like well gosh that's too harsh i'll say nine nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten to be fair at nine times out of ten they're telling the truth um why because it's it's a method it's a method what happens is they they, they talk to you they scream at you they yell at you they talk to you like shit and then you respond back like excuse me motherfucker do you got to mean you you would respond in that type of way, but they're wanting you to do that. As soon as you do that, now they got you in their grasp, and now they can they can flip you upside down, all of that. So, anyways, with me when I first was out, and the first time I ran into an encounter with a guard, uh, in prison, I have to say in prison, I ran into encounters with the guards, also in jail, but I didn't, I I didn't understand that there was a whole fucking plan for me. Like I didn't understand that shit. Um, I just I was just thinking it was all random shit. So, um and I'll get to what I mean by the plan too. But so when the guards were like first one of the first times is he pulled me out and like we're all in line and I can't I think we're going to get commissary. Uh, oh no, we're going to get our fish kits. Our fish kits is the kits that you get like toothbrush and shit like that. And so when they pulled us all out and we're sitting there, um the guard he comes up and he like, oh, so you're Mr. Jessup, huh? And that's how it goes. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He's also, you, so you think you're fucking bad, huh? And that's how it goes. And it's like, you think you're fucking bad? Like, oh, so what do you, so yeah, what do you, you think? He started badgering me. You think you're bad? You think you're the shit, huh? 
oh, you're just a fucking pussy, man. And this is the guard saying shit to me like that, you know? And I'm just like, shit, I'm just like saying, I ain't saying shit, you know? I'm just standing there. And like freaking, um, while this is occurring, one of the other inmates behind me, when the guard kind of like spaced off a little bit, he asked me like, what, what did you do? You know, because now he's like aware. But this guy, I wasn't aware, but he's like, what did you do? This guard is really, he doesn't like you. He says, who are you? Because the guard like kind of brings this up. Like, so you think you can fucking like, so um, he's like, what do you, what's going on? What happened? I told him, I'm fighting the fucking system, man. You know, and I told him that. And he goes, what do you mean you're fighting? I go, bro, I'm in here unlawfully, dog. And then that inmate was like, hell yeah, bro. <laughs> like, or like, not hell yeah that I was in there unlawfully, but hell yeah that I was fighting back. So like freaking, um, that was the first time. I had a lot of different experiences with the, with the guards. One of them, the guards pulled me out while they went through all my shit and ripped up all my shit and had me watch it while they're ripping up all my shit. Um, and this was in reception. I wasn't even in mainline yet. I remember that one. And uh, they're ripping up all my shit and they're calling me all kind of bitches and shit. And like fucking, um, I, I said, I, I, I fired back. You know what I mean? I kind of fired back and told them to fuck off. And in prison, that's a big ass fucking no-no. Huge no-no. But I was like, I ain't fucking scared of you, bro. Like, and that's where that whole he that came like started coming off, and it's like you ain't you ain't fucking punking me, bro. Like you got this shit fucking twisted, dog. Like, and that's where it was just like, it was it's just a, that there were many moments like that for me, and it was really fucking cool. You know, I'm very. You know, it was just it was just moments defining moments in my life when those type of situations would happen. You know, because it, many, very many things. These the the guards knew that I wasn't a pushover, and they're gonna have a fucking problem with me, in a good way, meaning that I was fighting for my rights. But then the prisoners also seen that they didn't have to take people's shit, and that started pissing them off more. And like freaking, um, that's just one, a little bit of that of of, of my story when I was incarcerated unlawfully. Um, but I, I mean, I've I've spoken on this before. I've seen it all. I really have seen it all, like, in that same time in reception, like, it was crazy, it was like, the more we all weren't fighting, and <laughs> this is serious, like, because when I was in reception, I was in reception for six months, when I was only supposed to be in there in three months, but, like, freaking, when we wasn't fighting, right, like, when we wasn't, like, in there actually fucking fighting and shit, our, there was a time in reception where 30 days straight, and I'm not bullshitting, I mean, 30 days straight, one day, 30 days consistently uh there's there's something going down somebody was getting packed out someone's getting beat up um and all of those times the guards just walked away that's how they deal with it they're just the person will tell the guard and the guard goes all right cool and then he kind of he walks out and then they don't they get him um worst one i've ever seen and this there's two th- different things that made me that compelled me to be like fuck if there's anybody that needs to hear my voice, it's the youth. There's two specific situations. One, when I was first transferred from Orange County Jail into into prison, there was a 19-year-old kid that was sentenced to 40 fucking years. I don't, I won't ever fucking forget that because it was just like, when he said that, we all, like, silently just, we're in agreement. like, this kid is fucked, man. And the reason why I say that, because he was for real, like, a Spanish kid, like, freaking, um... It was just a Spanish kid that was very, like, freaking, what, like, he was just a Spanish kid that was just really, like, skinny. You could tell the kid was a still kid. 
You know, and I remember that when we were just like, he's fucked, man. You know what I'm saying? It was, I remember that. I won't ever forget that. And then the other one was when I was in, like, again, when I was in, uh, in, in reception was another 19-year-old. Probably 18, barely 19, you know? Um, his own fucking gang, dude. Like, his own fucking gang ran him through, like, four different hoods and every single one fucked him up, dude. Like, they lined up three guys, fucked him up, dropped him. Three more, fucked him up, dropped him. Did it, did it, did it. Four different times they did that to him. At one after another. And then after that, they kept marking him. And this is his own fucking gang, dude. Like, freaking... And they kept marking him. And then next thing you know, there was 30 people on him beating his ass. And... Again, this was... They go tell the guard. The guard walks away. And they're freaking... This happens. And, like... That was one of the saddest ones I've ever seen. Because the kid fucking cried out for his mom. I will never fucking forget that. That kid literally cried out for his fucking mom. It didn't stop until one of the dudes in their own gang fucking checked everybody. He's like, dude, fuck. And he like he just he he went off. He's like, yo, enough. Like that's enough, man. Like, the fuck, man. Like, you know, and uh Yeah. After that they took him to infirmary, you know, but you can't you can't say anything. So infirmary, you know, like they already know what's up, so they don't say anything. So but then but this is here's the other part that's a trip. The staff members know that this shit happens And what happens is when they are aware of it Like with this kid They laugh at him They gloat They gloat over them Like they enjoy it It's not this world of like Oh gosh this help me. That's not even close man it, They they enjoy it The fucking guards enjoy it They they, they get off on it They it's, it's just some demonic shit People look at all these kind of like Oh well is this person fucking chanting to the stars Or some shit That's No that's the demonic shit, man. So, um, yeah, man. I think, uh, I don't think I, 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 I know, you know, when it comes down to social justice realm, it's, it really is just a realm a lot of people aren't aware of. They don't, they don't understand that there's so much pettiness inside of it and there's so much corruption. Like, it's nothing but corruption. I've heard somebody say this before where they're like, oh, no, there's people that are really brought into the core. And, and that would the Chris, the criminal system is brought into the core. And that's why a lot of people are, to be honest, from my like, so from my experience, but then also to what's going on now, like it, it's making it's made massive improvements, but it's still brought into the core. That's why people are fighting for abolition. Like, yo, let's we need, we need to tear this down entirely. And create something new Problem with that is Is you tear something down entirely Where's your leverage? It's gone So it's, that's why I don't depend on that And I don't support that Granted I respect the opinion 5 billion percent I'm more towards progressive change Which means This is where we are at There's no, there's no way we can change the fact that This is where we're at Where do we go from here? So progressive change is saying From here forward We need to start implementing things That can start to Slowly but surely and in some instances, not slowly, but entirely eradicate these oppressive, discriminatory, and predatory uh, policies, laws, and so forth. And one of the biggest ones that was actually taken off, like I was talking to an individual that was, me and him were breaking down the whole policies thing. Like one of them was the gang, gang enhancement injunctions and, and shit like that. People with gang enhancements, it's like... And the, the fucked up part about that is like a person doesn't even have to be in a gang, 
for that to be a title. They don't. They don't have. They could just. They just literally don't have to be in a gang. They have to. They can just come from a specific zip code, and that fucking gang will be attached to them. Matter of fact, as soon as you're locked up, you're gonna be thrown into the gang. So it's like that shit's fucked up. Do you understand? So it's like you're forcing people to live that life, even if they didn't fucking, if, even if they don't choose to, because that's the whole point behind it. Is like, well, you chose to live this life. Like in the pen, that's like one of the like the main things. It's like yo, you chose to live this life. So it's like when the the system is forcing people into it because they don't want to see you other outside of this box that they put you in. I'm living proof that that is a real prejudice. Like, if you don't fit in this box, we hate you. Like, racial profiling is so real that when you, when any normal person or any person doesn't live according to their profiles, they they think you don't exist. And then they get other people to make it look like you are a con man. And it's like, wait, why am I a con man? Because I, because I ain't throwing, I I ain't, I ain't a blood. I mean, that makes me a con man. I'm not a blood or I'm not a crip. <laughs> and then it, it surprises you that I fucking get along with both sides because I grow from the same fucking places. Like, why? I don't, I don't get that. I understand me personally. I understand that life, even though I chose not to be a drug dealer. I chose not to be a, an affiliate. I chose not to be a pimp. I understand that life far more than I do anything else. And I think for a lot of people that trips them out because when they see me, they're like, you know, because I, I, I mean, another thing is in Toastmasters, we teach, it's called being pie, or we teach. It's, it's something that's taught in Toastmasters. Toastmasters is an international speaking uh, club. And like, it's, it's in prison and like, you know, the most intellectual people like to go there. And like, um, it's to break out of your speech. And like, but one thing that's taught in that class is how to be bilingual. And we don't mean bilingual as far as speaking English and Spanish. We mean being able to speak proper and then speaking how you normally speak. Like right now, I'm more in like a kind of a, like a, kind of a, I wouldn't say lecture, like, inform, like I'm in an informational type of speech, right? So, you know, I have a professional speech, you know, but then I have my really relaxed speech and my relaxed speech is, is very hood. You know what I mean? It's not as granted. It's not as hood as, you know, other people. But it, it it's it's very relaxed. Uh, I'm, somebody outside, like not knowing me, hearing me speak, would probably think I was un uneducated. But you know that goes down to another thing. You know the fact is is that one thing, another thing, in my life proves, is that you don't have to go to like school. Doesn't dictate who is fucking educated and who's guilty or who's gifted. School doesn't dictate that. God does People do I mean God does the, the actual person Is the one that gets to dictate that And the reason why I mean What I mean by that is The rest of school and all of that Is simply to identify where it's at Who it is That's where all these, these tests and stuff are Because they're trying to identify it Why? Because these are the individuals That push society forward Now the fact is Is those of us that come from the hood We live through so many different extremes People can't even fathom You know what I mean? Like I remember once I told this dude that was from Beverly Hills. I'm not knocking Beverly Hills. I don't have anything against Beverly Hills. I actually think it's really cool. It's just, I think that people need to get along more. But like, and especially with the, the corporate people I've been meeting, fucking fantastic, man. But like, um, I met one dude from Beverly Hills once and we was at it actually, uh, uh, what was it? 
as a facility, as a, as a treatment, like a, like a residential place. And when I met him, we were talking and uh, I forgot, oh, during the night and we were just talking and I told him, I was like, oh, because he was talking about his dad and his mom and like, you know, his birthdays and stuff. And I told him, I was like, bro, the first time I ever got a birthday cake, I was in third grade. You know what I mean? But that's just a matter of fact for me. But for him, I could tell that crushed him. He was like, whoa. You know, so me speaking about that right there, that's common. That's common. Parents don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, that's our reality. And the fact is, is growing up and finding healthy coping skills to get through the trauma, you start to see all this shit that's not normal. Now, it's like defined normal. I don't mean normal as far as perceptive-wise, because I don't think there is anything normal perceptively. I don't think there's no, there's no such thing as normal perceptively. Um... I think a person can be whatever the fuck they want and they and that means and that's normal for them. So that I think that in its sense is is relative. But um but emotionally, yes, I do think there is. And what I mean by normal emotionally and in this context is healthy. You know, and um you know, and a lot of us that come from the hoods don't get that chance to heal. We don't get to understand what health healthy coping is. Our healthy cope. That's why a lot of people are in drugs and addiction. There's a lot, a lot of reasons. That's a big fucking reason why people get join gangs. That's a, a massive reason why people are in gambling. You know, like through all of that stuff. But I feel like right now, it's like those habits of the hood are being exploited by those who are rich who have the same habits. So they're trying to like form an alliance almost of like we're the same. It's like you're not the fucking same. Those people don't have to pay for the repercussions that you are going to have to pay for coming from the hood. You're going to have to fucking pay for the fact that you can't pay your fucking rent. You're going to have to pay for that shit. They're not. They're going to be able to pay their rent. Stop putting yourself in the same category. You're not the same. You're not able to pay your rent because... And then X and then all these other different things come into the play. So, Lick News, good podcast. Um, me sharing my thoughts... Um, kind of giving a, a spill of what goes or where I'm at sharing my thoughts you know my opinions and, the, and you know like I said the reason why I, I do this is to, to raise awareness give people an understanding more of me um, what I've come through where I'm heading uh, and what's made me as strong as I am I think another thing that I run into a lot is uh, outside of informants right, informants are individuals that now I I can tell when it's an informant because it's very specific. It's very, very specific. Like, meaning, like, they have a mission, and, and you can tell. <laughs> you can tell. A regular hater just has random-ass regular fucking hate. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not normally vehement. It's just, like, some randomness. But with me, like, I, I've carefully assessed the two based off of everything that I've gone through and experienced... The things that I go through, I think a lot of people, especially when they're hearing it from the person while they're still speaking, and um, like, have are not small deals. Like it's not, it's a big thing that I've I've overcome as much as I have, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I think you know I'm always gonna have a, I've always had an altruistic. Um, state of mind that altruistic state of mind is actually what has gotten me through as much as i've gone through if i didn't have a natural disposition to towards that altruism uh man 
Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be here. You know, but like now I'm here, I'm able to speak and use my voice. So, you know, I'm I'm grateful for everything I've gone through now. You know, I understand it. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy because it's insane. It, it's just it literally is insane and loathsome, um, despicable. Uh, it's like the scum of the earth type of shit that I go through with the hate and and and, and prejudices and, and the tactics and schemes that I go through. It's the scum of the earth type of shit. I can't remember who I was writing to, but I feel a majority of people, I wouldn't say a majority, but I would say a healthy portion of the people that I run into that I'm like, oh, this person's an informant are more misinformed than anything else. You know, like, like for one instance, one person tries to say that, I've has people try to say that I'm trying to dodge accountability. I'm not dodging accountability. I was thrown in prison. I was, or I was incarcerated twice for this shit. The same fucking shit. Based off of a profile they made up that was illegal as fuck. I wouldn't have known that if I didn't get thrown in prison. That's how that came about. So I got locked up, got released, got locked up again. That's how that shit happened. So I was like, the fuck? How the fuck that happened like that? And it's like, oh, well, he's poor. It was fucking, you know, so. Um, but it's backfired, so. Other than that, man, I'm Douglas Jessup. Uh, my Instagram is at Douglas.Jessup. Jessup is J-E-S-S-O-P. Douglas D-O. So, at D-O-U-G-L-A-S dot Jessup. J-E-S-S-O-P. That's my Instagram. Um, I'm a musician. I'm in a lot of spaces right now. And I'm enjoying it. For the most part. It's very exhausting. Like, 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 it's emotionally taxing for me. Like, it's just an emotional, it's just emotionally taxing. Not to the, like, it's just emotionally exhausting where I have to recharge and just check out of everything and just stay to myself and recharge. But, um, yeah. For anybody that is, that knows somebody that is social, that, that is, is, that is incarcerated, I would say, like, honestly, get to understand the system. Don't just, don't just throw them into a cliche because you've watched the TV show. There are great TV shows, and and speaking of that, there are great TV shows that, that really depict the criminal system in a completely wrong way. People don't see lawyers. Like, that's not what happens. You have to buy your freedom in this country. You have to pay for your liberty in this country. You don't have that. That's not naturally given to you. You have the liberty to, to, to morally choose something, but to actually choose without repercussions in the way of liberty and, and freedom, the way that, well, the Constitution was painted out, and it's, it's essentially, that doesn't exist anymore. You have to pay for it. You know, so like, even though, you know, shows are out there and, and you see these different things, that's, the reality is, is it's, you don't. People aren't get, seeing lawyers before they're getting locked up. That's not what's happening. What's happening is a car, as soon as a cop turns a person of color, person out of poverty, because it happens to white people too, but they're in, they're in poverty though. But they're but even they are given fucking better chances than fucking people that are of color, and that's just facts. But like, um, but as soon as a person is turned around, put in cuffs, it's over for them. 
that's the end of it. There is no lawyer. That was their lawyer. You just watch Judge Dredd, Judge Dredd all in one, all in one go. That's it. And then, and then they're just shuttled through as cattle. A holding cell be capacity twenty people, but there's twenty five, thirty people in there, like, like almost every fucking time. That's what it's like. And you're sitting there for at least, and I mean at least six to eight hours, just sitting in a fucking cold ass cell. With like paper clothes almost. A little bit thicker than paper clothes. Um, and I mean just a little bit thicker than paper clothes. And then the other parts is they'll keep the, the air conditioner on just above like where it's just cold. But it's not freezing and they'll keep it there. <laughs> and they'll keep it there too. And, and that's a psychological coercion. So you can just sign your fucking deal because you don't want to go back. You don't want to go back to to see a judge because you don't want to sit in those holding cells. You don't want to wait a fucking... You don't want to have another 15-hour trip to see somebody for two minutes. Like, you don't want to have to do that, so you just sign the fucking paper. That's how they do that. That is illegal as fuck. That is extremely illegal. But what is reported in the system? Different. Oh, well, this person see it. That's not what happens. So, another thing out of this is I, I would hope that people... Just simply understand uh, that this exists. That's the true system it is. People like me, when you're seeing all the struggles that I'm going through, you know, I'm kind of paving the way, you know, and it's like, but understand, and as you highlight it, there's, or as I highlight it, you can see it. I have a lot of different things going on right now. So I can, you know, just really get to the core of it. Like like I said, I've, I've taken all the, I'm like, yo, I'm going after the dirty, I'm going after dirty cops now. That's, that's really it And I mean that by Holding them accountable Identifying their tactics um, Identifying their tactics Kind of uh, A whole bunch of different things um, Protesting uh, Advocacy efforts Policies Things like that um, So If you want to understand What it's like to be you know, there's. I th- I think that's just simply what's happening is there's a lot of stuff that's occurring that, you know, is is probably breaking, is probably shattering people, is is a culture shock to a lot of people, you know. Like I know for me, and I'm like I said, like I'm from the hoods, man. It was a culture shock for me because I was in a whole different state, you know, where the system wasn't like that. Like there, there's like as far as like, you know, at the higher I got, like overzealous lawyers and shit, I that was there, but like the system itself was not structured. In such a way Like We're gonna fucking Destroy this person's life And they're going nowhere Besides the places We put them in And we're gonna make money Off of that It's not like that They actually try to Rehabilitate you And have you succeed So you can be a standing Citizen of the Of the county Out here They have this fucking Mental game That they're trying to do With people Which is weird Um Yeah Besides that man My name is Douglas Jessup that's my Instagrams at douglas.jessup. Um, yeah. <laughs>